You are now listening to the Inner Circle Podcast Network. everybody ni hao motherfuckers welcome to abacabu cafe the orange road podcast on the whole internet i am your host jason almy i appreciate you very much for listening to today's podcast in which we're going to be talking about tv episode 31 entitled madoka and yusaku the marching song of runaway youths this episode originally aired on November the 2nd of 1987. It was directed by Yokoyama Hiroyuki, which is the first episode directed by Yokoyama. I think we might have one more to expect from, from Yokoyama, but, um, but not many more than that. The episode was written by Tomita Sukehiro, who has now written nine episodes, including this one. Tomita most recently wrote episode 28, which is the episode where uh, Manami is so blind that she falls for her own brother, which is kind of weird and creepy. As cute as that episode was, that super creepy undercurrent was enough to uh, pull me out of it just a little bit, although I still like episode 28. So thank you for that, Tomita-san. We open this episode with a crazy event. We, we open up with Yusaku declaring his love for Ayukawa. This makes no sense. He has been wedging himself so far up Shikaru's ass for the last 22, 23 episodes in a desperate bid. Of course, you guys all know this by now. In a desperate bid to convince himself that he's not actually in love with Kasuga. But he doesn't have me convinced. I'm not convinced. I think he loves Kasuga. I see through it. So maybe, you know, maybe with this opening scene, he's standing there with the bouquet of roses he's looking nervous he's thinking about what he's about to do maybe he was intending in that moment to declare his love for kasuga like we all know he wants to but he chickened out and he yelled ayukawa's name instead he just he couldn't do it at that time he just wasn't ready to come out with his love for kasuga yet so the beginning of this episode really seems to capitalize a little bit on Kasuga's very early fear that Yusaku was 
indeed after Ayukawa. And that was the first episode that Yusaku appeared in. It was episode six. And initially, that episode framed Yusaku as Kasuga's rival. But since learning that Yusaku is, at least ostensibly, in love with Shikaru, Kasuga has not taken Yusaku seriously as a romantic rival. In episode six, you might recall, he was very intimidated by Yusaku, and he was quite worried that Yusaku was going after Ayukawa. He took him very seriously in episode six, but since then, he's really disregarded Yusaku. Yusaku's unimportant. He's not a threat to him. As as capable as Yusaku is of twisting Kasuga into a human pretzel and breaking every bone in his head and face, Kasuga really disregards Yusaku as a rival. To Kasuga, Yusaku is just this angry little dude who beats him up sometimes because he can't handle his romantic feelings towards Kasuga. So already this episode feels a little bit weird in that we're getting this fake out with Yusaku's true feelings toward Ayukawa, and they kind of already steered us down that path only to fake us out in episode six, and that was many, many episodes ago. So it feels like another setup to take us down that path as viewers to think, what if Yusaku has decided to go after Ayukawa now only to get faked out again? Because we all know Yusaku's not after Ayukawa. We think he's after Kasuga. He's going to pretend to be after Shikaru, but he's he's not on that Ayukawa time. And how about Komatsu openly addressing Ayukawa in this episode? It really seems like some character development for him. He's developed the courage to talk to her. He'd have rather pretended she didn't exist circa episode two, if you guys remember. His advice to Kasuga at that time was just ignore her. Don't talk to her. Don't pay her any mind. She's a delinquent. She's no good. But here in this episode, he's really kind of going after Ayukawa a little bit after this salacious event, this scandalous event, creating all of this school gossip. Both Komatsu and Hata seem to relish informing Kasuga that Yusaku confessed his love to Ayukawa, even though he was there to witness it. Again, these guys are the shittiest friends ever. There's a real possibility that they don't even like Kasuga. They just want to bone his sisters. I also thought it was kind of interesting that Shikaru's classmates are clearly planning to sodomize Yusaku with a broom handle for deciding to pursue someone other than the clearly uninterested Shikaru. They seem pretty outraged, given that Shikaru would never even think about dating Yusaku. During what appears to be an English language lesson, the entire class is staring at Ayukawa. Usually it's just Kasuga staring at Ayukawa, but today... Something big has happened that's occupied the imaginations of the entire school, so they're all looking at her now. And as we've seen before, Ayukawa really doesn't seem to like being the center of broad social attention, although I think we can say that she does enjoy Kasuga's attention, as evidenced by the end of episode 13, that was Shikaru's super transformation episode Ayukawa did express to Kasuka that she does want to be seen as cute. And I think the inference there is that she wants to be seen as cute by Kasuga. So she does like Kasuga's attention, but but broad attention from 
the entire class, maybe the entire school. She really doesn't seem to enjoy that level and degree of attention. It's not that she cares what people think about her. She she really doesn't. She's stated that before, and I think her status as a delinquent and and some of her extracurricular activity proves that she really doesn't care what people think about her so much, but it seems like she really would rather not be their sole focus. And the reason I said it looks like an English language is that the teacher is writing in English on the chalkboard, and he's writing, I love in cursive. We don't get to see what else he's writing due to the setup of the camera and the perspective that we're given in the shot. Clearly, very clearly writing in English, I love. Of course, right after Yusaku's very clear declaration of love to Ayukua. A few nameless students that will never appear in Orange Road ever again pursue Ayukua as she's leaving school. And she finally has had enough she turns around, she tells them off. She gives them a little piece of her mind. And Kasuga overheard her statements, and it's important that he did. She's dominating his thoughts as he begins to walk home. And there's more proof that he's not thinking about Nishikaru because she has to run up to him and suggest that they walk home together. Kasuga wasn't waiting around for Shikaru to join him. She had to catch up to him. And when she did, Ayukawa was on his mind. He was thinking about what she said to those students that were being gossipy, that were prying into her affairs. In another weird moment, Yusaku pretends to be like a fighter jet, I guess, with his arms flapping and making noises, I guess fighter jet noises, as he runs past Kasuga and Shikaru to catch up with Ayukawa. He even does this weird lap around them. He makes a circle going around them before speeding off, zooming off like a fighter jet would do, I guess. Kasuga seems to be thinking exactly what I'm thinking. What the f*** is that guy on about? That was some eight-year-old shit. I had no idea what was going on with that. But for some reason, that moment triggered Shikaru, who up until now has been claiming that she doesn't care who Yusaku pursues. In fact, she was telling her rapacious classmates who wanted to uh, beat and sodomize Yusaku with a broom handle, she was telling them that it's good for her if he pursues someone else because she's got a relationship with Kasuga. She doesn't need Yusaku butting in. But in this moment, she does kind of seem to care a little bit. Shikaru drags Kasuga to Abakabu to see what Ayukawa and Yusaku are doing. She becomes a snoop herself in this moment, like all of Ayukua's classmates, like those classmates that Ayukua told to f*** off. Kasuga is highly miffled to see Ayukua and Yusaku holding hands at the bar in Abakabu. But they're holding hands like they're about to arm wrestle. They're not holding hands like you do with your significant other. That's not a romantic handhold. That's like uh, over the top, Sylvester Stallone. We're holding hands, but we're about to arm wrestle too. It was a weird way to grip each other's hands. Didn't look very romantic. That may have been because they were forming a pact in that moment to train together for Yusaku's judo match. That's likely the reason they're, I don't know, shaking on it, doing some weird judo arm wrestle thing. I don't know. I, I don't I don't claim to know the ins and outs of the the, the judo. But Kasuga as we have seen earlier, was moved by Ayukawa rebuking those snobby classmates. So he himself actually drags 
Shikaru away out of respect to Ayukua. He doesn't want to eavesdrop on Ayukua and Yusaku any longer. He seems more comfortable trying to squeeze any info he can out of Shikaru at the hamburger spot that they head to afterward. And as a piece of trivia, they misspelled hamburger on the sign in the establishing shot. We, we see an establishing shot of the hamburger joint and there's a sign and they misspelled hamburger. It's actually missing the E entirely. And there's a little chime that plays each time Shikaru says something alarming to Kasuga kind of as he moves in. And it's a non-diegetic sound, but it emphasizes that Shikaru's line is piquing Kasuga's interest and maybe even concerning Kasuga a little bit with each line that the chime follows. In that moment, Shikaru recollects a recent memory of telling Yusaku that she hates him for scaring away the kittens that she was watching. As Yusaku looks at her deflated, there's an audiovisual effect with a non-diegetic sound uh, and a sharp line behind Yusaku's head, right at about his ear line or eye line, almost like he's having an epiphany. It's like a light going off over his head. He's having an epiphany that Shikaru is never going to like him. She's never going to reciprocate his feelings. Or maybe even part of his brain is breaking. I mean, it might be like him having a, a stroke, some ischemic event in his brain, like an aneurysm. Something just broke in his brain, and now he's going to bleed to death in his brain. We cut from an image of Yusaku looking somewhat crushed back to a present-day image of a crosswalk sign as it turns red, telling folks not to walk. It's like saying that was the moment that Yusaku knew he wasn't going to proceed with Shikaru. And maybe that's what they're trying to convince us of with that, with that clever edit. And for once, probably only this once, Shikaru actually feels bad for behaving so abusively towards Yusaku. She's usually very abusive toward him with no regret, no regard. It's enough that by Episode 47, 48, I'm feeling really bad for Yusaku, the younger version of Yusaku in those episodes, because she's just been so abusive to him his whole life. And I think this plays into a theory that is gaining some traction on the internet. I think it's kind of popular that, and I, I would co-sign on this theory, that there is a mean streak to Shikaru. We know that Shikaru as a character tends to manipulate a little bit. She's definitely comfortable with taking advantage of situations that work in her favor, withholding information. We saw that in episode 10, the, the episode where Costco was convinced by a prophetic dream that she was going to die. And when she found out, she played into it. She hyped his worries up. So we know that she'll take advantage of a situation. We know that she'll manipulate. She certainly takes advantage of Yusaku. We saw in the last episode when Shikaru had bossed Yusaku into going to get her some coffee milk and he came back with juice instead and she was super pissed. I mean, she's always ready to to whack or smack Yusaku and and really always telling him to F off the poor guy. There is sort of a mean streak to Shikaru as as recently popularized theory on the internet is going. There's a mean streak to Shikaru. There's a reason to fear crossing her, particularly if you are below her in a social hierarchy, as Yusaku clearly is. 
But in this one episode, in this one episode, Shikata proves that her mean streak is not complete, that there are other signs to her, that she is, at least in very rare occasions, once a year, capable of some empathy. So it turns out that Yusaku actually got some really bad advice from Komatsu and Hata, which I would posit is the only kind of advice they give. I would never count on either of those two for any decent advice. We actually pick up the flashback where it had ended for Shikaru. So from their standpoint, they come in at the end of Shikaru's flashback, and the flashback is able to continue through them. I think it would be safe to presume that Komatsu and Hata's advice ranges from sketchy to horrible. So it's a it's a true sign of Yusaku's naivety that he takes their advice in the first place. Komatsu saying that Yusaku doesn't know how to handle girls is a joke that's not lost on Hata or the filmmakers. They include the line where Hata says, look who's talking, basically. Komatsu and Hata instructing Yusaku to do a love attack on Ayukawa explains their glee about it at the beginning of the episode. Kasuga now becomes concerned that Ayukawa is being used as a tool to help Yusaku gain Shikaru's attention. It is here that Komatsu and Hata don't seem to realize Kasuga's concern for Ayukawa. They seem oblivious to why Kasuga is concerned now for Ayukawa. Unlike other appearances, such as the Hurricane Akane OVA, where they were very open and aware of Kasuga having feelings for Ayukawa and commenting that he's got something going with both Ayukawa and Shikaru. And that contrasts this episode where they really don't seem to be very aware that he has feelings for Ayukawa. If the first half of this episode wasn't enough, after the eye catch, shit starts getting really bonkers. Komatsu and Hata run up the stairs at Kasuga's complex with this jerky animation style going back and forth across the screen, and the audio makes it seem like they're in a video game. One of those circa late 80s style video games. It makes them seem buffoonish here. They're tools. They're narrative tools, but they're tools. Komatsu and Hata saw Yusaku and Ayukawa getting on a train that goes to a spot that's popular for suicide. So, ergo, they must be planning to kill themselves, right? It's airtight logic. Don't, don't question it, people. All I'm saying is that the Golden Gate Bridge is unfortunately a pretty popular suicide spot. But that doesn't mean I think my friends are planning to kill themselves just because they booked a trip to San Francisco. You gotta base it on a little bit more evidence than that. Also, Komatsu saw them with bags packed, as he says. But who packs a bag to go kill themselves? You're not exactly gonna need your toothbrush and pajamas after you've jumped off the waterfall and died. Cutting away to Hata, we get a little bit of a joke. We get this visual gag. He seems unperturbed, even fairly happy. He's got this look on his face like he's in heaven, right? Because he's got his arms around Manami and Kurumi. And it reminds us what we're watching. This is a silly comedy show. Of course, all these characters are going to assume that Ayukawa and Yusaku went to go kill themselves, right? It makes perfect sense. But we also know these characters aren't going to kill themselves. This is a kooky rom-com slice of life. Even now, the filmmakers know how silly the double suicide sounds to the audience. There's no way we can take this seriously. That's a very heavy topic. 
But Komatsu and Hata's story lines up with Shikaru's earlier phone call about the note that Yusaku left, about being a failure for life or something like that. And that's enough to set Kasuga off running after them. He has to be the straight guy, right? He, he can't be in on the joke. He's got to be the opposite of the audience. He has to fear that maybe there's a possibility that they really are going to plan to harm themselves and, and I've got to go prevent this. On the train, we see absolutely Kasuga is taking this suicide thing very seriously. We see from his posture, the animation, the way he's leaned forward, even the composition on the screen. He's by himself on the train. He doesn't sit down in one of the train cars in and amongst the other people that would be riding the train. He sits in this loading space kind of between the train cars where people would get in and out, I guess. And he just sits on the floor and puts his head down in his arms, and he seems to be racked with, with worry and concern over Ayukawa and, to a lesser extent, Yusaku. But I do think that Kasuga would be concerned about Yusaku's life as well because we know Kasuga is a very empathetic person. And in this episode, when, when Kasuga finally gets to the falls, Umao and Ushiko get their revenge on him here. Typically, it's Kasuga interrupting them. He knocks them off their bicycles. He causes them to crash. He even shows up out of nowhere, completely nude and soaking wet in their car when they were about to get it on. In most of the episodes, Kasuga exists to upset the Umao and Ushko romance. And that's part of the Umao and Ushko gag, is that they have this picturesque storybook romance. And our characters, the comedic, zany antics of our characters are constantly upsetting this otherwise smooth storybook, happily ever after life that Uma and Ushko are trying to live out. We see them after their romance story has ended. They're in their happily ever after phase. And usually it's one of the Kasugas, usually Kyosuke, who is interrupting them. He's knocking them off of their happily ever after high horse. But here, they actually get a little bit of revenge on him. I don't know that they meant to, but we've inverted that relationship here with this episode because here, they scare the shit out of Kasuga by leaping over the falls together, making Kasuga think that they were Ayukawa and Yusaku. As he's climbing up the stairs to get to the top of the falls, he sees Uma and Ushiko go over together, thinks immediately it's Ayukawa and Yusaku, and they're already jumping over. Oh my gosh, they're already dead. Nope, it was just Uma and Ushiko, who are invulnerable. After all, they survive their plunge over the falls relatively unscathed, and they profess their love for each other once more. Here, it's kind of like suicide as a punchline. It's a little dark in a way, if you look at it like that, that... Umanushko, even attempting suicide, I don't know if that's what they were doing, but they, they sure jumped over the falls together. And then that serving a gag where Kasuga thinks that it's Ayuko and Yusaku, and then it's just Umanushko, and they profess their love to each other in the comical way that they always do, it, it, it sets up this very real and very dire topic of, of suicide almost as a punchline here. I mean, part of me respects that that George Carlin, you can joke about anything type of approach that they're not pulling punches and that they're they're not 
going to treat these things as if they're sacred, they're still going to poke fun at it. And I think it it's telling of maybe the cultural differences uh, in the way that that suicide is viewed in Japan versus the the West. So I think maybe there's something to be said here for cultural views and how uh, this is a little maybe a little bit more casual here than a, a Western media production. Seems a little darker to Western eyes. Instead, shocker, we see that Yusaku and Ayuko are practicing judo. Suddenly, all the shit makes sense. This is why they packed bags. They needed their judo gi. It makes incredible sense also to ask Ayukawa to train with him, as Ayukawa is a highly skilled martial artist. We've seen that demonstrated several times. She kicks all kind of ass. Why wouldn't you want her as a training partner before your big judo match? She's the perfect training partner. It totally makes sense that they were trying to go somewhere. I don't know, big field. I don't know. Judo by the waterfall just kind of sounds badass anyway. I'm doing that crazy martial arts training while the water's going and whatever. It sounds pretty cool. So it makes sense that they did this. There's no reason for Ayukawa to kill herself. I don't even think this episode did much to offer or posit any plausible reason. What's the pathway that leads Ayukawa to suicide in this episode? And I'm not seeing it. Tenuous at best. Now, Ayukawa asking Kasuga to stop interrupting them. And then Kasuga is like, hell no, I ain't leaving. He takes a few steps back when she gives him that steely look. Like, yeah, you are, motherfucker. That was the funniest shit in the episode to me. Kasuga was was talking real big to a pair of characters that could break off so much karate in his ass. And then he backed off real quick. It was pretty funny to me. We cut to Kasuga standing underneath like this itty bitty waterfall right next to this big ass waterfall. We pan from the big waterfall over to Kazuga and there's like that little waterfall that's hitting him with no explanation. I, I don't know if this is like penance for him interrupting Yusaku and Ayukawa or if he's just trying to prove something to Ayukawa like, hey, look, I can do this too. Uh, at Yusaku's competition though, Kasuga recalls his conversation with Ayukawa at the falls. And, and that forms our resolution to this episode's conflict. Kasuga expresses Shikaru's legitimate concern that she hurt Yusaku. And Ayukawa responds by telling Kasuga that when a girl hears a boy try to tell her that he likes her so genuinely, as Yusaku has been with Shikaru, that it makes a girl really happy. And the generalized phrasing that Ayukawa uses here makes it seem like this is true of women broadly, not specific to just Shikaru, which means by inference that Ayukawa could also be speaking for herself here, which also helps to explain why she seems to respond so well to Kasuga's gestures that Kasuga makes throughout the, the show. Nearly every episode, Kasuga's making some kind of gesture Silly as many of them may be, like episode 11, Don't Ring the Wedding Bell, when he shows up at Abakaba with the, the suit on and his hair slicked back, and, and Ayukawa just like pees her pants laughing at him. She appreciates that. She responds well to that because she understands the meaning behind that gesture. She understands that Kasuga didn't execute that gesture in the way that he might have liked to. But she also understands why he's behaving in that way, what's motivating his behavior. And so in this way, it's like Ayuko is saying it's the thought that counts, that she can see that that Kasuga cares for her and that it means something to her. So I think Ayuko is being a little cryptic here, but I think there's a reason why they inserted those 
lines of dialogue and that flashback that Kasuga is having at Yusaku's judo competition. So, so there's a reason for that. And then somehow the gang all roots for Yusaku at his competition, even though he's kind of a dick to pretty much everybody that's rooting for him. He's always being so physically aggressive. I mean, he's constantly hitting Kasuga. He's constantly like full fist in the face. If you full fist, if you make, if you ball up your fist and you make a full fist and then you punch me in my jaw, I promise you one thing. I'm never going to show up at any of your sporting contests and root for you. Ever. That's not ever going to happen after you ball up a fist and punch me. But Kasuga here, yeah, he's rooting for Yusaku. I mean, Kasuga in that regard is a bigger man than even me. He hits Kasuga all the time, though, and, and Kasuga's here rooting for him. He's always uh, threatening violence on, and I think he's performed violence on Komatsu and Hata, and they're there rooting for him. He's even tried to kick Kurumi's ass. What the hell, bro? He's even tried to kick Kurumi's ass in a previous episode. Shikaru stopped him, and, and, Kurumi's always liked Shikaru since then for defending her, but I don't think Yusaku would have gotten anywhere with Kurumi anyway. She's the devil. She would have handled herself fine, but I still think she appreciated Shikaru's effort there. But but that shows you how aggressive Yusaku is to these characters, and, and yet they're all there in solidarity with Yusaku to cheer for him. And I think them being there, I think they provide the encouragement that Shikaru needed to finally start rooting for Yusaku in earnest, got him hyped up to turn this shit around. He was getting beat, and and she just went over there, and she got the microphone, little use of ESP here to remind you that this is a show about kids with ESP and telekinesis and shit. She gets the microphone from Kasuga. She starts yelling in that microphone. I can't believe they didn't cut the feed, but they let it happen. It was dramatic. It was beautiful. It was just like the end of a, I don't know, some kind of 80s movie, and and. He's ready to turn it around. He he finds the strength within him to hoist this guy off of him and turn the match around. But then he sees Shikaru with her arms around Kasuga's neck. And you can just see him deflate like one of Hata's balloons. And then his opponent throws his ass down and it's over. Yusaku loses in an unexpected turn. And I appreciate that as well. Like you, you think as the audience member that he's right about to pull it off. And then he loses. That was a quick one. At no point in this episode did I or really, I don't believe any other viewer of this episode, did we think that Yusaku was actually going to go after Ayukua. Nor did we think that Ayuka was really going to kill herself with Yusaku for some reason. But here was a fake out that did kind of work. Like I thought maybe Yusaku was going to turn it around and win because Shikaru rooted for him. But then as soon as he gets up on his feet, the proverbial rug is yanked out from under him, and boom, he's right back on his ass. This episode's always felt a little bit like one of my least favorites. Two weeks ago, we got an episode all about Jingaro, and you, you might have asked yourself at the time, like I did, what do I need in my life less than an episode centered around the main character's pet cat? But this episode might function as an answer. It's an episode all about an aggressive little shit who punches basically every character. We're going to follow him for an episode. We're going to get inside his brain a little bit. The primary misunderstanding of this episode is kind of ridiculous, as I've said a moment ago. Why would Ayukua kill herself with Yusaku? Why would you pack a bag to go jump off of a waterfall? Why does nobody else use their brain? 
this is as close as we're going to get to a Yusaku-focused episode, and I think we should all be grateful for that. I think Yusaku is a little bit of a weak character to carry an episode. He's not very well fleshed out. I think he gets a little bit here in this episode, but even after this episode, unlike unlike Manami's episode or Kurumi's episode, he still stays kind of flat. I don't think this episode did him as many favors as the more sympathetic characters of Manami and Kurumi when they got their own focus for an episode. What would it be like to have a Komatsu-centric episode? Those characters have their purpose, Yusaku and Komatsu and Hata. It's usually a gag. Usually, in Yusaku's case, it involves physical violence towards Kasuga. And sometimes he provides info, as in episode 12, but he's more of a storytelling narrative tool than he is as a fully fleshed character. In the way that we can see Kasuga and Ayukawa and Shikaru as fully fleshed, multidimensional characters. And fortunately, this is the last of a recent cycle of stories that centered on some of these tertiary characters. I mentioned Manami, Jingoro, Kurumi. They all had their own episodes. Now Yusaku got his. And all of these side stories, by necessity, sideline the Kasuga and Ayukawa romance, which in my opinion is kind of the main purpose of Orange Road. That's what we're all here for. But I think it's also why many people tend to regard episodes in this cycle of side stories as filler. I don't necessarily think that they're all filler, especially Manami and Kurumi's episodes. I have artistic reasons for believing that those have merit enough that they carry the themes of Orange Road forward enough that they should not be considered as filler, but it's understandable why people tend to think of these episodes as maybe being a little filler-ish because they don't focus by necessity on Ayukawa and Kasuga and, and their relationship. In the coming episodes, we're going to get back to that relationship. We got some interesting episodes coming up, and I'm really looking forward to them. And I'm also looking forward to you becoming a patron, supporting Team Almy Studios on Patreon, patreon.com slash Team Almy. When you become a member, I will send you free stuff in the mail, 100%, all the time. Even if you live in Pakistan, I'm sending you something free in the mail. Also, we do bonus content. I just posted the Shonen Jump pilot episode for Orange Road. I posted that up the other day, and I'm going to be doing a full analysis on that coming up soon. Maybe even a little bit of a fun commentary, just because it doesn't fit in with the canon of these 48 TV episodes and OVA. So uh, we'll have some fun with that, though, and that's going to be a Patreon bonus. Along with other content, we'll be teaching you guys how to make Katsusans coming up. In a week or two, I'm waiting on a little bit of equipment to come in uh, so that I can record that without cables and headphones and stuff. Also, check out Creatures of the Night, please, if you need another podcast to listen to and you don't mind some kooky shit where people are on mushrooms. uh, Creatures of the Night is a fun-filled episode. It's kookier than this, for sure, but it's fun, and we mean well so i'll include a link to creatures of the night podcast in the show notes you can check that out on any day that you're not already listening to avocado cafe oh the song ended that means it's time for me to play some earl knight i think this is the last of the new remixes that earl knight has produced cross your fingers send him a message ask for more i know i will be in the meantime Let's enjoy this and 
I will see you guys next week. Thank you guys for listening. Adios.